You are in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. My name's Carlos Hermida, and I'm here with Gary Stein. How you doing, Gary? Oh, I don't get to announce my own name? Yeah. This N- is Gary Stein with Carlos Hermida. You want me to announce you, or you want to announce yourself? I can. We. I could go either way. I will put this together. I could probably be the mystery guest, but... Uh, no, everybody knows who you are. Everybody can tell. Yeah, well, we're only about three feet apart from each other, but... Uh, He's already gotten it. He's already over it. I haven't gotten it yet. I've so. got I've got antibodies. He has the antibodies. Uh, Gary's talking, of course, about me getting the coronavirus a little while back. And that's over now. I hope so. But, uh, yeah, Gary's still, still afraid of me. Apparently, um, he's wearing his mask and he's wearing these things to block his eyes. So, yeah, so any of my coronavirus won't, won't hit him. Well, I can only assume that you've already gotten over it since it's been a few weeks. Well, plus all the cannabis I consume, I hear that helps you get over it. Well, okay. Here's the deal with cannabis. Yeah, it does work as far as an anti-inflammatory. And one of the things that the COVID virus does is cause a hell of a lot of inflammation. So definitely it does help. Is it a cure? No. It would. I would love to be if it it's was. It's a treatment. Because it is definitely a treatment. Well, the FDA has not approved it yet. Go figure. I guess we have to pay him a little bit more. Well, they haven't approved anything as far as cannabis, right? No, no, but they have approved convalescent plasma, which is not bad considering it's already been used since April. Well, like you, you used to do like before you and I were doing the normal thing and, and you know, where it became such good friends. Yes. Right. Uh, you used to do this stuff. You used to like work in what did you do? I worked for the Centers for Disease Control for the better part of two decades doing epidemiology and contact tracing and patient education and trying to basically take care of major outbreaks of sexually transmitted diseases such as syphilis, gonorrhea, HIV. I did a lot of work on and tuberculosis as well. And And, and that's why you have like such a good understanding of like the medical benefits of cannabis and all that, even though you, you mostly do political stuff for normal, right? Well, for about... At least 25 years, I think I'd put cannabis aside. Mm. Uh, I gave it up in uh, in the late 80s, uh, mid 80s, I should say, when I started having kids and all that bit. And only started coming back to it uh, in the aughts, as they call it. In the what? In the aughts. Aughts. Yeah, we can't say you know the, the 1990s or the 19 or the 2010s. Or the, they're the two old aughts. Huh. <laughs> I don't know what an odd is. Odd is a zero. Oh, okay. So there's zero. I, I'm so confused right now. That's okay. <laughs> the, the point was is that uh, for the longest time, I did not do anything in regards to cannabis. And then we started to realize that there actually was medicinal benefits because when I was smoking it in the 80s, it was not for benefits. Yeah, it was kind of like an anti-stress and therefore yeah. it's, it's medical use. But uh, I never thought of it at that point in time as, as medicine. Although I did take my medicine. But that's always so interesting. So, like, there was this, this girl that I know that, um, you know, when she was, like, 13, really, really young, like 10, 11, right, whatever, like a really young girl, she started consuming cannabis, right? And she became a heavy user, right, throughout, like, her whole life, like, until the 30s and uh, until her 30s. And then uh, she met, like, this shaman, right? And this shaman gave her some advice with all these issues that she's having that she should stop consuming cannabis. She was consuming too much, that she has to respect the plant, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to get into all that. But she informed me that in her 30s was the first time she felt the pain of menstruation, 
So that's kind of like what you're talking about there. Like she was receiving the medical benefits of cannabis, even even though she wasn't really using it for the medical benefits. You know what I mean? Yes. Huh. So they call it menstruation, huh? What? Is that just to blame us? Is that what it is? Menstruation? Men- menstruation? No. Yeah, menstruation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cause that, though. No, but the, it is it is commonly known, actually, that Queen Victoria was given cannabis to be used for her severely painful menstruation by O'Shaughnessy himself, who came over from Calcutta and, huh. and, and gave the medicine to him back in the 18, uh, 1850s, I believe it was. So... She was still a young lady. Queens are using cannabis. That's, that it was the, the, the queens and the kings. In fact, the Aztec medicine men called it the Prince of Herbs. Prince of Herbs. So it was like the prince for the princess? or No, the, the, what happened was is that the, if, for people who know, I love his, the history of this whole plant, but um, when the Spaniard conquistadors brought it over, they brought it over as Kenyaba which was basically a plant that they used for the fiber and for uh, all the other industrial purposes, for making cloth and for making paper and for making all the other things we currently make hemp out of, where we're starting to again anyway. I like this. We kind of like, we got like a little timeline going. So like cannabis was like this big thing back in the day and then it became illegal and then Suncoast Normal came about. You and I got together. We, we started doing the rotation again. Yep. And then it became legal again because they're thinking about being illegal again, right? Gary? Yeah. Well, well <laughs> okay. Back to the medicine man. <laughs> okay. But what, what do you, what do you, so would you, okay. So I'm just excited to talk about legalization here. Uh, absolutely. We should be talking about legalization because that's what we have been working on for so many years. Back when I was working in Tallahassee in like 2012, 2013, mm-hmm. you couldn't even mention any word having to do with cannabis, you can call it cannabis, you can call it marijuana, you can call it weed, you can call it pot, you'll still get kicked out of the Capitol uh-huh. for talking to anybody about it. Now, not, well, well they, they wouldn't talk to you, basically. They, they, they would run. And you, to see these old, bald, white guys running away as fast <laughs> as they can from you because you happen to be one talking about cannabis law, maybe because they knew it was coming. And they knew that there's nothing they could do about it, so the best thing they could do was just hightail it out of there. Hightail it out of there? Why didn't they get on board? Because no one thought it would be possible for cannabis ever to be legal. And then came the weed show with uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And talking about CBD. Yeah, and uh, talking about uh, the late, great uh, Charlotte Fiji. Uh-huh. And how it, how it was working for them. And all of a sudden it became a reality that we could probably get at least the CBD part mm-hmm. put through legally. And so I worked with, with Matt Gates, who did a wonderful job at the last convention. <laughs> with his new plastic haircut and and the uh, the fear mongering, but other than that, he and I did get along together working on this, and mm-hmm. uh, along with Dr. Jason Pizzarello and Jason P- and uh, Halsey Bashirs and a bunch of other people over in Tallahassee to make this all happen. And then, of course, it's been evolving since that time. So we now we have after Amendment Two uh, some semblance of a medical cannabis program, of course. Several parts of it are still heavily, heavily delayed. Mm-hmm. One part of which was finally released this week after a very, very long wait. Mm-hmm. For those who, who, don't, who have not heard there yet, uh, Amendment 2 did allow for edibles, but the whole p- concept of creating the rules and regulations for making edibles 
for producing them and selling them, et cetera, on a vertical basis, were not released for a long, long time. They were scheduled, according to the amendment, to be due by October of 2017. And actually, in July of 2017, this is 2020. Yeah, well, in July of 2017, Certera actually asked for a variance, which meant asked for a change in their product mix so they could try to sell the, um, the soft gels mm. as edibles. And they never got that variance. They waited and waited and waited and waited. And we've been waiting for the, uh, the rules for edibles. We had a couple of workshops. Uh, they went very nicely, but it didn't seem to go anywhere. And we continued to wait and wait and wait. The Florida Department of Agriculture put out their rules in regards to how a food product, which they're in charge of food products, has to be manufactured. And finally, finally this week, without any fanfare whatsoever, all of a sudden the rules just appeared on the OMMU website, and now we can get going. We have, there are actually four uh, MMTCs that have now been approved to start uh, manufacturing edibles. Certera, <coughs> uh, 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 Grow Healthy, True Leave, and I forgot what the fourth one was. Um, Cure Leaf? Uh, Cure Leaf, yeah, exactly. So, okay, so actually it's Parallel, which is Certera, Cure Leaf, Vitacan. Wait, what? Certera has a different name now? Yes, as a matter of fact, they, they went and did a little bit of rebranding, as so many of other MMTCs ha have done. Uh, Knox, as you know, is now uh, fluent. Uh -huh. uh, MedMen is non-existent. Well, it's... In Florida, anyway. They're non-existent in Florida anymore? They, they have pulled all their dispensaries out. Oh, I, last I heard, it was like five of their eight. That was originally the plan, and then we heard that it was going to be all eight. Oh. That, that, are, that are going because they, they need the money desperately. Mm -hmm. and, and people have been buying up their dispensaries all around the country as a, as a real estate thing because since it is federal legal, they can't even declare bankruptcy because mm -hmm. bankruptcy is federal law. So they have to find some way to, to recoup the losses that they had. Mm -hmm. So we are moving forward. We are actually going to get edibles. It's going to take a while to get the approvals done and the products done. And but pretty soon, we'll see truly putting out Binsky. Uh, I think I believe that Liberty is also getting involved with uh, Incredibles, which is another fantastic, uh, very fantastic company. edible creation. In fact, if there's any silver line to our having to wait so long for the uh, edibles to appear, I would say it was because of the fact that edibles have improved in quality and manufacturing. Uh, Tremendously over the last five but years. Let me, let me ask you. Okay, so when, as, as you well know, I run a CBD place. Yes. And when I was inspected by the Department of Agriculture, right, all my ingestible products were inspected, and that included my capsules. That also included my tinctures. Yes. Right. Um, now, granted, like they're regulated by two different departments or whatnot. But uh, I, I know that dispensaries, like the MMTCs, have been selling capsules. I know that they just recently came out with like a sublingual lozenge or whatever. <laughs> um, how do you sell a capsule? Like I buy RSO capsules all the time for move, right? And I, I eat them. I swallow them, uh, right? There is the key word. You eat them. Uh -huh. And if you eat them, that, that means you are eating something in the food chain. Anything involving the food chain in the state of Florida is under the auspices of the Florida Department of Agriculture and the Consumer Services. So, so therefore, they have to go in there and make certain that you are approved to go ahead and sell a substance uh, for ingestion, as in uh, so consumption the, orally. 
So in order for the MMTCs to sell edibles, the Department of Agriculture has to inspect them? That's right. And they're going to have to pay that $650 fu- uh, fee mm. in order to be able to sell it. So they got to they gotta go through the same thing that I went through. Exactly right. Because that happens with anybody who sells any foodstuffs, be it a gas station or a, a CBD store or now an MMTC that is going to sell edibles. They have to go across those auspices because they are in charge of making certain that the food chain is safe. Okay. So the medical system here in Florida is still growing, yes. right? We've had it since when? Since 2016, right? So what is that? That's four years. Yeah, right? in, in various stages, yes. Um, now, I just, I just I got to talk about it, Gary. I keep on bringing it up. But federally, there's a push in the House to, to legalize. Very exciting. So what, what's going to happen to Florida's medical system if they do, in fact, legalize? Uh, well, f- federal law uh, sometimes can preempt state law, uh-huh. and some it, it, it depends on the particular situation. But I think that if it becomes federally legal, that will make a massive change in the systems all throughout the uh, the states. Now, what they're doing right now, there's two basic bills. One of them called the Moore Act that was originally put out by Jerry Nadler as the, as the main sponsor in the House. Mm-hmm. It passed his committee, and now it's going to be going through an, another committee vote and hopefully a floor vote in September, which is what they have planned. Mm-hmm. And, and the Moore Act would uh, deschedule cannabis mm-hmm. and as well as uh, ask for the expungement of everybody who had records for possession, things of that sort. It's something that we've been waiting for for a very, very long time. There have been, I'd say, close to 180 bills that have come out uh, in Congress since 1974, since they had the, uh, the, <coughs> the Controlled Substance Act, which came out in 71. So the, the first Congress that actually attacked it was, was right around there. And of all those bills, maybe one or two have ever even seen a committee. Mm. And those have been recent. So we are seeing unparalleled progress in a, in a situation which they've been working on for a very, very long time. Okay, so but the Moore Act is one, and the Safe Act is the other. The Safe Act, Safe Act has, to, as, as you can guess from the, its anagram, has to do with the accessibility of the use of banks. Ah, yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, and that that's will, a big thing. That will make a major difference, uh, not only in the ability of people to borrow money to mm-hmm. go ahead and and start business, which I think will be just a, a huge boon for for minorities who don't have who aren't millionaires, mm-hmm. to be able to get involved. Mm-hmm. And we will have some protection as far, as far as our money is concerned and your money is concerned. There's a lot of aspects. Just like I mentioned the fact that you know, bank, even bankruptcy laws don't uh, pertain because, mm-hmm. because of the federal illegality. Mm-hmm. And so those bills need to go through forward. They each have gotten uh, approval in the House, mm-hmm. and they have to go to the Senate. Now, interestingly enough, um, Vice Presidential Candidate Kamala Harris is the sponsor of the uh, <clears throat> Moore Act in the Senate. And that is where I know we're going to have our greatest amount of problem. At this point in time, it's stalwart. If they postpone that, bu- that, that uh, vote until the next session, we may actually have a better chance of passing. Harris is uh, running for vice president with Biden, right? That's correct. Okay, so, and Biden, like, I thought he was, like, anti-marijuana. 
And you, you guys play for the same team, right? You guys are all Democrats, so you guys can help me out here. Okay, let's let's get this straight. Okay. I am an independent because oh. I want to be, have have the right to be able to criticize both sides equally. I agree. If I see a problem on one side, I want to take it down just as I hard didn't as the know, other. I didn't know that we were like both independents, man. I thought you were a Democrat. Uh, well, I in huh. in the state of Florida, they don't have open primaries. Yeah, I so have. If you vote for for an independent, basically you can't vote until the general election. Yeah. When uh when when I wanted to vote for Bernie in the primaries, I had to change to Democrat and then change back after. It's amazing how that works. Yeah. How do you feel about how you voted so? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm gonna vote uh, Libertarian this year. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you you can you can vote any way you like. I would never tell anybody how to vote. You don't want me to vote for Joe. Uh, you can vote for Joe if you want to vote for Joe. You can vote for the, the Libertarian candidate, even if it's your old buddy, uh, Victus Augustus. <laughs> or is Augustus he's, Victus? he's not Libertarian anymore. Oh, he isn't? What, what no. is he, Justice Khan? He's, he's in jail. He's in jail, though. Yeah, it. yeah. So apparently he so beat up So have no political party. Yeah, no. Apparently that's the, the prison party for Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he's, no, so he's, a, he's a little on the conservative side, and he he extends his white privilege to a supremacy basis. Okay, so you want to let's get off of Augustus race. <laughs> nobody knows what the hell we're talking about. I I had a friend that became a white supremacist. Guys, we studied philosophy together, and then he ran for senate. And yeah, he put a cross upside down in, in their in their room, and he he applauded. So that's how they became friends. <laughs> he turned the cross right side up because I was I was actually Christian at the time. <laughs> but um, what, let's let's move on, Gary. Let's talk about marijuana. <laughs> no, so I, I, that's interesting to me to find out that you're actually actually independent. But you, like you just said, you're independent because you want to to be able to uh, you know be critical of both parties. I guess right. That's right. So so, but in your general thought, you do tend to think liberal, right? I I am uh, closer to a, a progressive, however. There's limitations to, to based on topic. I mean, I talk about how important it is sometimes if you are really stoked in that way to be a single topic voter. Uh -huh. But the world is not a single topic issue, uh -huh. and so you really have to have to give weight to uh, to your vote and decide if that person's pro cannabis stance is really worth the fact that he also likes to eat babies. <laughs> So, 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 you, so, really, so you really have to balance we, those kind of things we, out. We, so what you're saying is that Biden eats babies. Is that what you're saying? Or no, Augustus I'm not making any ins uh, insinuation in that. I don't want to vote for somebody that eats babies. There is so much misinformation out there. Though here's a real problem when it comes to voting. And that is there's so much misinformation on the web that people believe so fervently uh -huh. that it's hard to tell what information you're getting that is actually true. Mm -hmm. And I have heard all sorts of things in regards to both parties. I have been hearing for the last three years that at a moment's notice, uh, our current president was going to legalize cannabis uh, at the flip ah, of the pen. But yeah. I pictured him on Time magazine in a theater with a, with a joint that somebody put together saying, <laughs> you know, he definitely wants to. But the fact is, uh, this particular administration has never had any interest in moving forward to be... Uh, the legalizer, but uh, they could have they could have pushed the FDA like they pushed the FDA to do the convalescent plasma last week. It, but they didn't. The Moore Act, right, gets passed. You think he'd sign it? 
<laughs> no. You don't think he'd sign it? I don't think that if the MORE Act passed the Senate, I don't think that the, the current president would sign it. Okay. Unless it, it was something having to do with helping him get reelected. Well, that might actually help him get reelected. It's not going to go that fast. It's not going to go that fast. The Congress does not work that fast. I mean, look, we're waiting for our second stimulus package now since April. I would imagine that like cannabis supporters would not vote for him still because I mean, we got what we wanted. We got him to legalize it, and now we get him out the rest of the way, right? Yeah, I'm not thrilled with with, with the choices we have uh, this particular year, and mm -hmm. I'm sorry for, to say that, but uh, there is no perfect candidate. Uh, that said, we have a better chance with the Democratic ticket in regards to moving forward. Like I said, Kamala Harris is the uh, the sponsor of the, the MORE Act in, in the Senate. But didn't uh, Biden Biden did a bunch of anti-drug legislation, right? Is, or is that a rumor? No, no. He, he, he has been involved in the war on drugs. He's mm -hmm. been involved in, in, in a number of things that have shown that over 40 years, people are actually allowed to change their mind. Mm -hmm. uh, they do sometimes evolve. As so, so he's different now. Both, he's well, both he and and uh, Obama uh, evolved in regards to uh, to gay rights and equality during mm -hmm. the course of the of the uh, the Obama administration. Where they were at the beginning was not where they were at the end. Mm -hmm. And Biden helped them push in, okay. in, in that direction for, for that one particular topic. Okay. which shows that people can actually change their minds on things. Whether he actually is changed or not, whether it's all matter of politics, that's the problem with politics. People will say what, you, what they think you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And that, that I think is not good because I really want to know what people are thinking, not what I'm thinking, because I already know what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So people are just going to go ahead and tell you what they want to hear. That, that doesn't help anything. It doesn't help us know where a person stands so we can't exactly move him in the right direction if he's uh, wrong. Is it possible that he's t he's changing his opinions on and and Harris is changing her opinions on cannabis just to be elected? Yeah, that's a possibility. Now in regards to Harris, uh, people were saying how many people that she had uh, put in jail for for cannabis possession, trafficking, things of that sort in California. Yeah. And that is because she was attorney general and the job of the attorney general was to be the number one law enforcer. And so therefore if the law is such that there are places where you cannot consume, mm -hmm. or, there's place, or there's ways that you cannot cultivate. If you break that law, then somebody has to arrest you for not following the law. Yeah. And then she, it was her job as Attorney General to follow through with that law. It wasn't her job to change the law at that point in time as she saw fit. That's not a proper but use of the Attorney General. But there's still a little bit of like leeway there, you know what I mean? There like, is, there's as far there's as discretion, like, yes. The the Oakland de Police Department was known for quite some time for uh, you know, when I lived there and like beforehand that they were we're not concerned about marijuana. We're concerned about gangs and murder and rape. We're not and uh, you know, like uh, and, and another example is here here in Tampa where Chronister uh, our sheriff Chronister when uh, you know, our mayor put down a curfew. Chad. Uh <laughs> Chad, Sheriff, Chad, Sheriff, Chad, Chronister. Sheriff Chad, yes. Cherish, cherish Chad, Chronister. <laughs> <laughs> but when he put he put down uh, when uh, uh, Castor put down uh, a curfew, he came out saying that he wasn't going to enforce it, and I thought he had a responsibility to do so. So I mean, there is like, yeah, she's the number one lawmaker, but she's like, hey, I need to focus on this other aspect because this isn't that important. 
Yeah, that's the problem when you have edicts that, that are put out by mayors and things of that sort. There's just so much that they, where they can do to go ahead and enforce it. Uh -huh. if, if it's not officially a law, if it's something that, that's it's temporary or as far as a, uh, a, a disaster situation, then they have to be given the, the, the rights to be able to do that. And a lot of this in getting rid of COVID right now has a lot to do with the cooperation of the American people because you cannot force people to do things. Uh -huh. it, it, in, a, in, a, in a sense, as long as no one's getting hurt is concerned. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, the, the mask edicts, uh, are they, can they be enforced? Well, yes, they can be enforced by private, uh, by private parties. See, now you can take, you put your mask on. Now I can take mine off for a minute. Now people, uh, people couldn't tell the difference between us when I put my mask on, but now, now they can tell. You look amazingly like me without your mask on. <laughs> <laughs> you did grow your beard, man. I did grow my beard. This is my, my COVID beard, I think. Actually, I started growing it in January because I was in anticipation. <laughs> but I just I had to change. I, uh, I, I went off to, went off to uh, take a job as a do not give a damn person sitting at home for the last couple of months. So that's I've been, not, that's I've not a job. I'm fulfilling my, my, my role in society as uh, somebody who's been sitting at home. You're fulfilling your role in society by being on unemployment? Exactly right. Cool. I am not on unemployment. You're not on unemployment. I have not received a penny from unemployment. Not even the government is paying you. Uh, not e well. Damn. Not even the government. I still got my pension from the CDC. Uh huh. But uh, that, that that's, that's not quite covering the bill. Uh huh. That so I am for hire. <laughs> <laughs> I As do bar mitzvahs, weddings, legislation. You guys, you guys need to understand that now that I'm doing the show with Gary, Gary's going to ask for a job every single episode. No, no. I think He's one, gonna, I think once he, is enough. Un, until you get a job, of course. Well, well. Here's the thing. Actually, uh, I'm not. It's, it's not really in topic right now. But I did apply to be uh, in charge of one of the people in charge of the, the contact tracing program for Hillsborough County. Oh, really? And they gave me the job. Ah, and yeah. I remember you telling me. About yes, this. And, and as I was heading downtown to get my picture taken for my badge, they told me that the Department of Health was retracting their offer. Ah. Uh -huh. And they have not yet given me a reason yet, and it's been two and a half weeks. Huh. I am hoping that it has nothing to do with my criticism of the Department of Health since uh, the last, over the last five years when they weren't doing their jobs as yeah. far as taking care of Amendment 2 and everything else they were supposed to do. You, you, I'm hoping that's not the case. You also applied for, for head of Office of Medical Marijuana Use, right? Yes, I did too. <laughs> but you lost you lost the backs, right? Well, yeah. Well, actually, it came back to me folded as an airline as an airplane in, a, in an envelope. So I guess <laughs> they didn't take it, take it too seriously. Oh, I'm sorry, Gary. I don't mean to laugh. Oh, I felt that, bad that, for that, laughing. That's so okay. Hard. But but there, there's been lack of transparency when it comes to the COVID response here in Florida. Yeah. And uh, I don't have all the answers there. All I can tell you is that I tried to get a, a position in charge because. Ooh. They told me I was the number one person uh, qualified for the position. I had the highest qualifications than anybody who applied. Well, and you got a great resume. You know about medical stuff. You've been in Tallahassee a bunch. Yep. You worked for the CDC, blah, blah, blah. And I did contact tracing in regards to tuberculosis, syphilis, and a lot of HIV. Yeah. How so, easy would it have I mean, I guess we're not talking about marijuana now, but how easy would it have been for you to get coronavirus in that position? Oh, and that position, well, we uh, have a sequestered office, a lot of things being done telephonically. Ah, so uh, you still, you would have been safe. I, I would have essentially been safe. But yeah, then would what would you have done? I thought that meant like you would have to like go and identify people with coronavirus. 
Well, no, this is, this is okay. Here's the way contact tracing works. Like, okay. People have it confused with tracking. Like, for instance, there's going to be a, an app on ah. your phone so we know every time you go to Publix and what products you're buying at Publix. So stay away from that stuff in Publix. No, the, the fact is uh, contact tracing is all about finding, uh, getting to those people who recently tested positive to make certain that they can isolate at home safely and have the resources to stay home. So they don't have to go out to get anything. They can stay in, indoors and sequestered from, way the, from the rest of the public. And to find out who they've been in contact with during the days leading up to their becoming symptomatic. Because that way, when we can contact those people, we can say, you know, have you been by yourself at home for the last couple of days? If not, you need to stay home for at least the next two weeks and get a negative test because it's possible you may have come in contact with somebody who was positive for the COVID virus. When they ask us who it was who told us that, we cannot tell them that because would, that, is, that is confidential information. Would you have been able to get them medical marijuana if they had COVID? Only if they had a recommendation from a certified cannabis doctor here in the state of Florida, of which we have, what, 2,000 of them to go to and spend your money to get uh, your appointments and and pay a $75 card to all that bit. So that's not going to go away. You know, I was very lucky. Like, we were talking about me getting COVID at the beginning of the show, and I was very lucky with my symptoms. I think it had something to do. So, like, the way I, tr I quarantined for COVID was I went, went and got a hotel room on the beach. I got a bunch of medical marijuana, and I just stayed in there with my medical marijuana. And, I, yeah, I think it worked. I think that kept me from... Because I, I was able to taste things. I was able to eat. I was just, like, kind of weak. You know? It could have been the beach, too. Uh, I, I didn't really go to the beach a lot. Oh, okay. I stayed in the hotel room. Yeah, well, well, I mean, we, 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 we did complain about the huge crowds on the beach at the very beginning of this, uh, this epidemic. Uh -huh. And you do have less of a chance of getting it outdoors because there is much better circulated air, which doesn't come back into your face. It just continues going off in the other direction. But you have a higher risk of getting it if you share the joint. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Once again, folks, if you are doing a rotation in the age of COVID, do not put the joint up to your lips or your pre-roll or whatever you wish to call it at this point in time because that's kind of the way these kind of things get transferred. You mm -hmm. can, if you like, put it in between your middle finger and your index finger and... Do that bit, and then make sure you wash your hands afterwards. That well, way, less chance. And before, I hope, before as well. Like before you as have well, to yes. Do the Purell the whole time. I think you should like wash your hands every time it comes to you in the rotation. I think that's because I tried to tell people that with like a like a gift or whatever. It sounds a little excessive, but it does. But work. like that was the biggest criticism I had is like, dude, you're not washing your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Not the fact that he bogarted the, the, the pre roll all that time. That, that, that didn't bother <laughs> you at all. Well, Gary, we've, uh, we've been on the show for about 30, 31 minutes now, and I think it's time to call the first show an end. What do you think? Uh, it sounds like uh, this was a good trial run. Hopefully, next week we'll get it right. Well, I think we got it right. I think we got a, a bunch of good things. If you think we've got it right, contact Carlos Amita using your, your app. Put them up the notations down here. <laughs> and be certain to go to the app for Suncoast Normal, which is... Uh, what? Our Suncoast Normal URL. Oh, oh, it is Suncoast... This is the commercial no part. Suncoastnormal.org. That's Suncoastnormal, N-O-R-M-L, dot org.
we at Normal, Suncoast Normal especially, are going to be working once again this year on new legislation to help take care of the program and to make it move forward. If by chance the federal program does not suddenly come in gear because they, they passed the Moore Act, which would be a hallelujah moment on our part, mm -hmm. we, with the state law right now, we do need to have some corrections. We do need to have patient protection, so if you get institutionalized, they can't take your medicine away, and they can't prevent you from being on that transplant list. We need to have employee protection, so if your employer decides yes. they want to fire you for no reason other than the fact that you are a registered patient, they can't do that anymore, and that you will be judged on your performance and not the fact that you happen to medicate, not necessarily even during work hours, uh, to take care of your fibromyalgia or PTSD or whatever else it is. That needs to be on the books. And I have a homegrown bill as well. What? I, okay, we got to talk about this stuff next time because yes. we're, we're out of time. But, yeah, we got to talk about, you know, being on probation and a medical marijuana patient, and we got to talk about employee rights too. But, anyways, that's going to be for the next show. Anything else you want to say, Gary? Yes. Go to suncoastnormal.org and sign up. Become a member so that mm -hmm. you, too, can fight for the right. It's a good meditate. membership, guys. You get access to a bunch of different events. It's only $25. You get a free gold leaf lapel pin, and you're contributing to the movement, specifically the movement in your area. So it's, it's worthwhile, guys. Anything else, Gary? Uh, I'm wearing my Ganja Beach shirt. I noticed that. Yeah. Leon, yeah. we miss you. He's I out there somewhere. You. We miss you too, Leon. Yeah. And, right. and Gabe is out there as well. And uh, hopefully we'll be here next Sunday in the rotation. I didn't start. Okay, I think that's it.